0: This week on Moms Moving On,
1: we were actually at CVS one day. It was about a year after our divorce, and she's almost eight, and we're standing in line. And there's a People magazine on the counter, and it has a celebrity couple going through divorce. And she says to me, "Mommy, is that a good divorce or a bad divorce?"
0: <gasps> wow.
1: And I and I stopped and I said, well, "Grace, what's the difference between a good divorce and a bad divorce?" She goes, "A good divorce is when a mommy and daddy get along and are nice to each other, like you and Daddy." And a bad divorce is when they scream and fight and yell at each other.
0: Oh, my heart. Oh, my God. Wow. Kids are so amazing.
1: And honestly, Michelle, I walked out of that CVS that day and said, wow. I said, the fact that at a year in, she could articulate that at Mm -hmm. age eight. And I thought to myself, we're doing something right. You know, whatever, whatever we're doing, it seems to be working.
0: Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited to be back today because we're talking about how to have a good divorce despite whether your ex is helpful in that process or not. And for today's guest, we have Sarah Armstrong, a good divorce proponent and the author of The Mom's Guide to a Good Divorce. She also happens to be vice president of global marketing at Google. She's a mom with a beautiful daughter who's heading off to college soon, and she's a mentor to other women in business and longtime volunteer at various nonprofit organizations, including Jack and Jill Late Stage Cancer Foundation, Georgetown Alumni Admissions Program, and the Trinity Table Soup Kitchen. Sarah, is there anything you don't do?
1: (laughs) I try to squeeze a couple of things here and there.
0: Well, I am more than impressed. And I am so excited to have you here today. And I want to point something out before I let you do your introduction. There's something on your website that I think would resonate with every single person listening today. Sarah Armstrong, this is written by a girl who never ever thought she would get a divorce who ended up getting a divorce and what she learned along the way and If that doesn't sum up all of our journeys, I don't know what does. Thank you for being here.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Michelle. So great to be here with you.
0: I am a big fan i when your team first reached out, I said to me, "Whoa, like where was this book when I got divorced? You know uh, or at least it was out, maybe it was out, and I didn't know about it, but it just seems to come from a place of such compassion and wisdom. And just in talking to you for a few minutes, I know that's what you're all about. So why don't you give us your like backstory and and tell us how this book came to be?
1: Yeah, it's a great, so it's been an interesting journey. So I actually got divorced 11 years ago and I have one daughter, Grace, who at the time was age seven. And I uh, had watched a lot of divorces growing up um, that were very uh, bitter and left a lot of negativity in those families. So when my ex-husband and I decided to get divorced, I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. So we were very conscious about our approach. We actually went through the collaborative divorce process, Ah, um, that process. Um, and I, I actually think you can have a good divorce with whichever process you choose. But that was the approach we took. And so we went through a divorce. And at, afterwards, uh, I had a number of friends come to me after We'd gone through a divorce asking me for help as they were going through their divorces. And, you know, and I was providing them guidance and actually really interesting because they at the end, they would say, well, you should really write a book. And I would laugh and say, oh, yeah, well, maybe someday. But I, I don't consider myself a writer and I didn't ever think I would I would write a book. And I was at a business dinner in Latin America with a group of Latin men. And one of my colleagues turned to me and he said, Sarah, he said, you're so happy And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, but you're divorced.
0: Well, you were in Latin America with a group of Latin men. I mean, that just screams (laughs) happiness to me, but okay.
1: (laughs) True, true. For different reasons. But it was interesting because he said, you're divorced. I said, well, Salman, getting divorced is not a death sentence. My ex-husband and I decided to no longer be married to each other. And I mentioned, I said, you know, it's funny. My friends say I should write a book. He said, well, you really should. So I got on the plane the next morning and I wrote the line that you just read. Get out of here. That was the first front line I wrote in the file. And uh, I I wrote over the course of a year, mostly on Delta, ironically, at at 30,000 feet, because I travel a lot for my job. And um, I got to a point where I thought, okay, I I think I'm going to put this out into the world. Now, the interesting thing is I was writing when Grace, so the concept of a good divorce, you know, that term, Uh, Grace, my daughter is actually the one that, that put the idea in my head. And we were actually at CVS one day, it was about a year after our divorce, so she's almost eight and we're standing in line and there's a people magazine on the counter and it has a celebrity couple going through divorce. And she says to me, mommy, is that a good divorce or a bad divorce? Wow. And I, and I stopped and I said, well, Grace, what's the difference between a good divorce and a bad divorce? She goes, a good divorce is when a mommy and daddy get along or are nice to each other, like you and daddy. And a bad divorce is when they scream and fight and yell at each other.
0: Oh my heart. Oh my God. Wow. Kids are so amazing.
1: And honestly, Michelle, I walked out of that CVS that day and said, wow. I said, the fact that at a year end, she could articulate that at mm-hmm. age eight. And I thought to myself, we're doing something right. You know, yes. we're, whatever, whatever we're doing, it seems to be working. And this is well before I'd, I didn't write my book until five years after a divorce. So this is well before I'd even thought about, you know, writing a book. But it was in, you know, it kind of was a seed planted. And so it was really an interesting moment of reflection.
0: So by yours and Grace's definition of a good divorce, what is that?
1: Well, it's interesting because when you think about what a good divorce ultimately is, it's that the parents put their children as a focus, regardless of the emotions they have for each other. Mm -hmm. And they put their kids as their prioritization in any decision and all the discussions they need to have as they're thinking through how they're going to go through a divorce. And at the end... You know, they set all those things inside and they say what is best for our children. And that guides all the actions that follow.
0: And I feel that for the majority of people, I mean, you you are like a unicorn in the divorce space, because for a majority of people, that sense of let's just put our shit to the side and focus on the kids doesn't come for years and years until the anger subsides and the resentment subsides and everybody sort of adjusts to their new normal. So I guess the question for me is, can you have a good divorce if you have an ex-spouse who is not on the same page with having a good divorce?
1: My belief is yes, because you can control. Here's the thing, in these situations, there are two individuals in this couple that have decided to no longer be married. But my belief is when we said we decided to get married and then have children. You have you have made a commitment to those children to raise them in the safest and healthiest, healthiest and happiest way possible. And when that bond is broken between the two of you, that commitment to your children hasn't ended. And so if you think about what you need to do, I always say that we cover the plugs and we put bike helmets on and we feed them organic milk. Yes. Right. And then through a divorce, especially when there's a, a not an amicable situation, we're putting our children in the most toxic environment possible Mm -hmm. you might be leaving them there for months and years and so what i try to say is what can you do as a mom to to remove that toxicity to the best of your ability and it's hard it's not easy um but it is something that i do think is feasible for the things that you can control and it's it's a part of how do you take the high road you know sometimes it's taking the high road even though you don't think you want to take the high road you know it's it's maybe asking questions you don't want to. Ask, you don't want the answer to because you think, you know what, that's going to trigger something. So it's about the actions you can actually control that can help make the situation as positive as possible for your children.
0: It really does all come down to a certain sense of self-control and restraint. You know, sometimes it would be much easier to fire back or make a comment. Not easier, but it, it's it's very hard to stop yourself when you are dealing with. Someone you are no longer married to who has control of your kid and they're not doing it the way that you want to, or they're saying things to you that are just not what you want to hear. For me, I realized very quickly that if I didn't have that self control, the only person who would suffer would be my child. Because every time I was pulled into an argument, where did my energy go? Not to her. So I think, you know, for the women listening who are shaking their heads and saying, there's no way I'm going to have a good divorce. It starts with you. It really does. It does not take two to tango in this department.
1: It is so, so true. And one of the things I talk about in my book is building a compartmentalization muscle. Okay, we always talk about so, you know, we always talk about Pilates and building our core muscle or, you know, whatever you do to to stay fit. And I say, you know, one of the most important muscles you can build if you haven't built one yet when you're going through divorce is a compartmentalization muscle, which means, you know, sometimes you have to put those emotions aside, either as you're going through the divorce process or even after as you're dealing with your ex-spouse say you know what I'm just not going to deal with that right now because it's not healthy for me it's not healthy for my children now it doesn't mean you shouldn't deal with those emotions because it can be unhealthy to internalize in fairness right but I do think there's something about figuring out how you compartmentalize and say you know what not right now I will I will process that later or react to that in my own way not in front of my children you know those types of moments and you're right it is all about self control but i do think there's a muscle we have to build for ourselves as individuals and as moms
0: absolutely and one of the best pieces of advice i got was you don't have to step into the ring every time someone wants to box that and technology. another thing that comes from experience you know you want to answer every text and every question because you think it's going to make things better but ultimately you're, you're going to go in circles for days sometimes. So you really have to be able to, like you said, compartmentalize, take a step back and say, what will, what value will this bring to my child? Like, does this conversation bring any value to anybody's life? Is it necessary? Is it in my parenting plan that I have to talk about this or not?
1: right absolutely and one of the things i did over the years with my ex-husband is i keep a list on my phone of the things that i needed to discuss with him
0: mm-hmm.
1: i didn't feel like i needed to text to your point i didn't text him every day on those things i kind of collected them and then at a point i said let's have a phone call i have some things to run through with you so it's about also putting structure around those interactions so that they're productive and you're kind of getting through those points in a in a moment and then you can say okay i've gotten through those and you move on to other things that you'd rather focus on mm-hmm.
0: Hey guys, Michelle here with a word from one of our sponsors. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting times safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting. Parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email to the concerned parties. Simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. For a limited time, get $50 off your device by emailing info at Soberlink.com and mentioning moms moving on. Drive safe. Wait, 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 before we do anything, I have to ask. Have you not joined the Moms Moving On membership community yet? This is the place I created for anybody looking for the benefits of coaching without having to commit to a high coaching fee. I've rounded up my go-to experts to put together curated content just for you, including free monthly webinars with me, self-confidence boosters, co-parenting tips and strategies, heartbreak advice, divorce anxiety relief, legal advice from top U.S. attorneys and mediators, financial advice, ebooks to help you on your journey, journal prompts and worksheets, discounts for all my favorite brands, the list goes on and on and on, and all of this at only 9 dollars a month. Yep, you heard that right, $9.99 a month to be connected to women all over the world who are going through exactly what you're going through and to connect with me. Go to MomsMovingOn.com slash become a member and join us today. I want to go back to your daughter for a second. And because you guys were so amicable, tell me a little bit about her transition into time sharing and how you guys handled that.
1: That's a great question. So during our collaborative process, we went to a child specialist. Um, who helped us think through things well to do grace and the very first meeting i'll never forget it, michelle we sat down this was without, without grace in the room and he looked at me he goes sarah do you travel and i said yes i actually travel globally for my my job and he looks at my ex-husband he says do you travel he said yes i travel domestically and he said well grace is about to become a professional traveler she's going to travel every week for the next 11 years and i burst into tears mm-hmm. I burst into tears and I said, that's not what I want for her. That, you know, that was just a moment. And I thought to myself, what can we do as parents to minimize that feeling of being a professional traveler, you know, every week? Yeah. And so what we tried to do in that transition uh, period is to set up where she had a lot of the basics at both homes. And again, there's, I know there's socioeconomic considerations when I'm giving this advice, but whatever you can do to uh, um, not have your child packing a bag. Yes is so important because Grace would literally walk out with her backpack or her school bag and she'd head to dad's or come to mom's and that's all she had the things that you know were for that day but uh-huh. everything else was already there and so I just wanted to minimize that that effect and that impact on her you know each, each week now it's interesting Michelle I will say just this last month Grace is graduating from high school and she said she goes mom you know I was thinking about it as I head off to college, it'll be the first time in 11 years that all my stuff's in one place.
0: Oh, my God. Grace is like my favorite part. I want to interview Grace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's amazing. And you know what? It was a reflection. And, she, and I, she has never, by the way, never once complained about going back and forth. Never once in 11 years. And I said to her, I go, Grace, I said, I really appreciate the fact that you can reflect on that point. And you have been amazing on living between two homes with your mom and dad. And I know you didn't choose that. I know that that wasn't your choice, but but I appreciate that you're excited about having all of your stuff in one
0: place. It, we don't think of that. And now that, I mean, you're saying it, I, my daughter's been a nomad since she's two, but she also knows nothing else. And it wasn't until she got a little bit older where she was just like, I don't want to go to another house today. I, I don't want to do that. And it had nothing to do with which parent she prefers being with. It's, you know, her little body is like, just keep me in one place. And we often take that for granted as parents when we're fighting over time sharing, I want 50-50 or I want her more, whatever the case is, you really have to be objective and take a step back and say, what is going to have the least amount of impact on my kid?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, there's lots of models and I've seen families, you know, do week on week off and five, two, two, five, and, you know, lots of different models of what that looks like in terms of the scheduling component, but it is more the, the logistics of life that I say. Of the day to day, that's going to really impact how your children adjust.
0: And it's also understanding that it's not about you. Like no mom wants to go a week without seeing her child, okay. but if they're at an age where it's okay and it will minimize their stress and anxiety, it's not about you, mamas. It's about them.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. In their moments, by the way, when you know, there would Grace would come down and say, "My dressy shoes that we didn't get two pairs at dad's house right before we're supposed to go to event," and I'd have to stop again and pause and think. Isn't her fault that we mm-hmm. now have to go by over to her dad's house and pick up the dress uh-huh. and shoe. You know, I said, but you know, you you actually have to have a conversation with yourself. Yeah, and, and you know, this isn't this isn't her fault. And know? this is
0: why I do feel like co-parenting is a full-time job because I'm always thinking three steps ahead. What is she going to need through the weekend at her dad's? Uh, does she have a camp shirt? It, are they going to have a birthday party where I know she has to wear her special headband that she loves? You know, it's, it's a constant thought process.
1: It is a constant thought process. And the, and the interesting thing is I, I do think that there's an organization gene that if you have, if you don't have it <laughs> as you head into a divorce and, and really parenting across the household, it's, inter- it is very important to be as organized as you can to keep things sane.
0: Yes. Yes, it is. Because then you're getting that last minute phone call in the morning. I don't have her t-shirt or I don't have her uniform. Yeah, been there, done that. Um, yeah. But anyway, back to the good divorce. I think all of the tips and suggestions you've given and, and what we're hearing is that even if you know your ex is not doing the work, is not being organized, is not being as amicable as you, you can still make it a safe space for your child. I have to repeat one of my favorite Um, statistics that I share in almost everything that I do all of the time, that it takes one stable caregiver for a child to thrive. So if you're listening to this and you're like shaming yourself because you don't have a quote unquote good divorce, you can make that change independently.
1: Yes. You can make it independently and you can make it at different stages. It may be that the, by the way, I I do say three things when I start talking on this topic. One is no one gets married to get divorced. Truth. Right? Also, no one gets divorced for good reasons. You know, in general, it's not not a positive reason for why why you've decided to make this significant change in your life. Mm -hmm. Children do not get to make the decision that their parents are going to get divorced, and they are the ones that are the most significantly impacted. And so as we step back and think about, I think your your quote is, is spot on. It's like, you can still have... The view of what is best for them, even if you're in a situation where there's others that aren't having that as a view, or as that, that is a priority, I should
0: say. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's Harvard research, and I, and I include this quote in my book because I think it's so important for people to hear. It's so easy to feel like you're failing at parenting when your divorce is somewhat toxic and high conflict, but the more you can minimize it for your child, you know, at least they have one safe space and one port in the storm to turn to.
1: And I think the other thing, Michelle, that's really important as you think about the concept of a good divorce is you said it earlier that I'm I'm a unicorn and I'd like to not think, I, I don't want to be a unicorn. You know, <laughs> I know. I, I'd, yeah. I'd like to think that the conversation, the topic of a good divorce would not be so unusual. Right. And that people would understand that this is actually an attainable outcome for your divorce is that it can be, you know, positive. And I say positive meaning that you can be happy, your children can be happy, your spouse can be happy. You can actually... All of your respective lives in the happiest, healthiest way possible, and and that's. But I think that the, that society. I always say that some people think you know you get divorced and you have a scarlet letter. You know that right? Failed. and and it is. It's it's an unfortunate circumstance that has happened in your life. But it, I fundamentally believe it does not have to be this negative cloud that follows you and your children for for the life for a lifetime. I just right. I, why 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 does it have to be that way? Why is it that actually the expectation?
0: I just it's it's you know, societal pressure like anything else and and how they view things. But I do believe the tides will turn and this will change because it's more normalized. We're at a time where people are getting divorced younger, making better choices for their children in terms of how they can be their healthiest and most productive selves regardless of marriage. But I'm wondering, I I just I can't. Stop this conversation without asking. How has life been for you in the last eleven years? You, you, you didn't die with your divorce. You seem to be thriving.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely. Oh no, I'm I'm definitely thriving. I've I've had an amazing eleven years, honestly, personally and professionally. And Grace and I have a very special mother daughter relationship that I'm very proud of. I can of. tell. That's amazing. We really, we really do, and I'm. I'm so fortunate with that. I have an amazing group of friends. My family is incredibly supportive. I have parents that have been married 50 years, by the way, 50 plus years, and are, are just, a, have been an amazing support system. I have not gotten remarried, in fairness, but I have a long-term, uh, long-distance relationship that I lovingly As my diversion is how I refer to (laughs) (laughs) it. And um, we have had a ton of fun you know, traveling and and meeting up in different places. And, you know, it's not your traditional day-to-day relationship, but it's incredibly special. And he's been an amazing support to me throughout this time as well. And it's what
0: works for you. It doesn't have to look, you know, I, I very rarely talk about marriage being the remarriage being the goal after a divorce. It's, it's exactly what you're saying, a thriving relationship with your child successful in your career. Otherwise, just happy,
1: happy. Yeah. And honestly, that's I am so focused. And actually, I said that to my diversion. I said, look, we're never gonna to your this, diversion. <laughs> I said we're never gonna have a, a serious discussion about this relationship. I just want to relax and have fun and enjoy life. Good
0: for you. And, mm-hmm. and does Grace know him?
1: Oh yes, yeah, yeah, and so, uh, so it's yeah, so it's been a really um, a a huge, amazing part of my life. life.
0: And I imagine she's supportive and and happy. Yeah,
1: has her dad remarried? Her dad hasn't remarried, but he has a long term relationship as well. It's been ten plus years, and so we're both in those situations. And so, and you know, I think she has seen us both move on to have healthy relationships that we're both happy in. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think that's the other thing. If you think about, as we go back to thinking about the concept of a good divorce, you know, you want your children to be able to say, you know, the divorce happened, but there is life after and there's different ways of, of exploring what that life looks like. Mm-hmm. And if you go through the negativity and keep that negative cloud going on, then it fundamentally impacts your children's view on marriage, on relationships, you know, and, and can really scar them in ways that is, is unfortunate because it doesn't, it, it, that doesn't need to be the case.
0: It doesn't need to be the case. And I think it ultimately just starts with having a healthy relationship with yourself. And if that's that's all that comes from your divorce, you are a very lucky person in my opinion. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the book. How's it broken down? What can we expect okay. from it?
1: Oh, great question. So, so I wrote the book. First of all, I wrote it in bite-sized pieces. And this was very conscious because I feel like to your point about uh, how, reading books during your divorce, I was given books during my divorce and they were thick and they were dense and I open them and say yeah I can't handle that right now
0: and full of legal jargon. Yeah,
1: exactly. I was like wait what about my emotions guys? <laughs> exactly. And so this book is written in three phases. It's preparing for the change, during the change and post the change. And it is it covers 185 topics. Wow. And there's a topic per page so it's very I mean, so it's maybe a paragraph it may be a page but so you can pick it up and you might read three topics and then put it away. Or you might say, you know what, I'm gonna read the full first phase. It's not meant to be read cover to cover because you wanna read where you are in your your process and mm-hmm. be able to take those pieces in and process them and think about what they mean to you. So I I really and it was funny when I when I worked with the book designer to outline it, I wanted just one topic per page. She goes, Well, you're wasting paper. <laughs> and I said, I go, that's okay. I said, I want to give the white space for people to be able to reflect and think about it. I and love so- that. Yeah and so it's really it's really been and I've gotten a lot of wonderful feedback on both the design and the ability to take it in as people need to. Now I also did do an audible version last summer so I have it I have it uh in paperback as well as uh ebook and then I did an audible version because there are some women in fairness that don't want to have a book, you know, lying the around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. or even on their electronic devices in a way that can be easily found. And so I had a young gal, actually a young mom recently in my work life, that wanted to connect with me. And, and before we started, it was a networking call. And before we started, she said, Sarah, I just need to tell you I'm reading your, your book. And I said, oh, and I'm, I, honestly, it's always a bittersweet thing when someone tells me that. And she said, I, I had it sent to my girlfriend's house and I sit in her in my car in her driveway and I read it.
0: I can't even tell you how much that resonates with me. i I have same clients who have called me from their their laundry rooms and their basements, from their cars like late at night. I and you know what? I give credit to these women because they are Absolutely. they're educating themselves and they're doing the work before engaging in a very difficult process.
1: yes. so I just think that and so I've tried to make the formats available for, however, Mom needs to to read it and take it in, but it is really meant to be read as you need it throughout the process. and And uh, I'm I'm excited about how it's it's been received by those who have had a chance to or, or needed it.
0: Yep. Well, I hope everybody listening will take a minute to uh, get their hands on this. I think any. Anything you can read to arm yourself with knowledge or power, or just a sense of, wow, I'm not alone, is worth it in this process. There's not enough of that going around. So I'm so glad you're providing it. Uh, Sarah, this has been a truly beautiful conversation. I think you're amazing. I think Grace is amazing. I think your ex-husband is amazing. Please send my regards to all of them and, uh, and let us know where we can find you. You have a website.
1: I have a website. It's www.gooddivorce.guide, actually. And um, that's the best way. It has all my information on there to contact me. It has uh, all the information on the book. You can purchase the the website and hopefully it it is helpful if you need it. And And your uh, social media? Social media. um, I have a Facebook page. I actually am not on Instagram and things.
0: Okay. So her Facebook, I will link in the show notes, guys. I suggest you join it. I checked it out. It's another space where you can feel like somebody understands you. And don't forget in order to have a good divorce, it just starts with you. You don't have to have all the pieces in place. You just have to make a conscious decision to be better every day and everything will work out. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On.